She's on the money. She's on the money. <laughs> Hello and welcome to She's on the Money, Money Diaries. The Money Diaries from millennials who want financial freedom. My name is Victoria Devine and this week we speak to a 22-year-old member of our community who is using Centrelink as her main source of income while studying long and hard to become a doctor. Ryan John, can you please read out the email she sent us last week? I'm 22 years old and currently studying at university in my fifth year of study. I've had multiple jobs over the last seven years and spent a lot of my money travelling. Haven't we all? I'm studying medicine. Look out, guys. Smarter Smarty than us. Smarty pants. Yeah, <laughs> um, and getting into my final years, uh, we do a whole year of practical work. So I've had to quit all my jobs. And I know a lot of professions that have to do practical placements and stuff. It's actually really hard because you have to quit your part-time jobs and stuff. And you don't yeah. get paid for a lot of practice. I've actually got a couple of friends doing it. It's hectic. Yeah, um, yeah. But lucky I'm eligible for youth allowance from Centrelink. So that's what I'm currently living on. I still live at home. But next year, I plan to move out... Uh, due to the location of the practical work at the hospital being three hours south in rural Western Australia. I have a phobia of credit cards and being in debt, and that's been passed on from my parents. Recently, I've started investing, which is new to me, but I've gotten a few short wins. Hello, Afterpay and ZipPay. Well done there. Um, my income each fortnight is $559.20, uh, and that's increased a lot because of coronavirus and doing extra hours and stuff like that and the supplements. Um, I feel like I'm still living my previous lifestyle, though, of about one or two years ago when I was working two or three jobs and earning 1000 to 1500 a fortnight, and I haven't been able to cut down my spending. Once you start living a certain life, it is really hard to get back. Lifestyle creep yeah. is real. Yeah, it's real. All right, so that brings us up to speed. Thanks for joining us, Money Diarist. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited about this one. It sounds super interesting. But to be the boring person here, let's get through all of the constructive questions first <laughs> and then we can have the exciting conversation on the back end of the podcast. Is that okay? Yep, sounds can good. Can we dive straight in? Sure. Fabulous. Can you explain your relationship with money to us? I feel like I have a pretty good relationship with money. It has probably changed over the past sort of year where um, I haven't been able to get an income um, and I have been living off Centrelink. Um, before then, I think because I was earning so much, I was sort of living to my means and saving quite a lot as well. So I was able to travel quite a lot. Um, but now I'm still living the same way I was a few years ago and it's not really sustainable anymore. Which is absolutely fair. And I yep. think a lot of us are guilty of that, let's be honest. So <laughs> what do you do for work and for life? Like what's going on there? So currently I'm a medical student. I'm in my fourth year out of five years, but I've been at university for five years overall because I switched in. Um, so, and for work, I've worked at lots of different places. I worked at an ice cream shop for like seven years. And then, um, but during that time I worked at different burger places and umpiring netball and lots of little first aid jobs and sort of things like that which is, I think having multiple sources of income allowed me to sort of um, have one source of income as savings and then the other sources were sort of my spending money, which worked quite well. But now I've only got the Centrelink as my source of income. Which is still cool. Like how cool are we to be in a country where we have a resource like that? Are we going to get a doctor I know. out of you? Like how cool <laughs> is that? Feel, yeah, I, I sort of feel a bit guilty sometimes because I feel like I'm, I mean, it obviously is there for 
situations like mine, but I feel like I'm almost taking advantage of the system because growing up, it kind of had that stigma that, like, if you're on Centrelink, you're kind of... Oh, if um, you're going to be a doctor and yeah. saving our lives, I think it's yeah. a good investment from <laughs> the country. I think that's a great yeah. investment. Like, yeah. if my tax dollars yeah. are going towards creating doctors, I am a thousand percent here for it. But I don't think that anyone who is on Centrelink actually is abusing it in any way, shape or form. Like, no, you know, Lots yeah. of people in our community are. And to be honest, I'm just super grateful that a resource like that exists for us. 100%. Yeah, me definitely too, especially for students. I feel like it's quite necessary. <laughs> 100%. Being a student is so expensive and stressful. Like you've been doing this for five years. Like the hustle is real. Yeah. So getting <laughs> further into it, what do you earn and how much is currently sitting in your bank account right now? Currently... Um, on Centrelink, I'm earning $550-ish a fortnight and sitting in my bank account, there's about $4,000 and then um, in investments and stuff, I've got um, more money in there as well. Hey, that's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty yeah. good. I'm, I'm pretty impressed with that. Do you feel confident when making decisions about money? Um, yes. I feel like I never really say no to myself which I feel is partly because growing up, mum and dad never really said no to much, even though it was probably out of their price range. So they've never really said no. So then I sort of let myself have a treat probably a little bit too often, go on a few too many holidays, trips to Bali, um, Europe, etc. But I feel like it's okay. <laughs> which is fair. I think we yeah. all feel a little bit guilty about our money situation for one reason or another. So what happens to the money after it gets deposited into your account? Um, so I've recently changed this. So when I started going on Centrelink about two months ago, I sort of had to be a bit more stringent with where my money was going. So I should set up automatic payments, which I've heard so many of the money diarists do, but I um, currently I just automatically, um, I mean, not automatically, just deposit it into my savings. So I think I do about 200 in savings, but then I always end up taking more usually. And then about 150 is for groceries and 150 is for spending. And then the extra bit that goes into a raise account. I love that you're on Centrelink and like making the most of it. You're still yeah. making sure you're using apps like Raise to make sure that you're rounding up additional things. I actually really love it. It's really savvy. So can you tell us a little bit about your investment journey? So I feel a little bit lucky that when I started looking into investment was right around coronavirus last year when the market fully crashed. So I was able to get in when everything was really, really cheap. Yes, everyone so queen. Yeah, <laughs> I bought stocks in Afterpay and ZipPay and Qantas and basically was buying them. And then within three weeks, I was when the market was going up, I was selling them and then buying other ones and then selling those ones. So she's so a share trader. Make yeah, I managed to make about five grand off that. Whoa! Yeah. Just casually on the side <laughs> while I'm studying, if you don't mind. Far yeah. out. Yeah. But I felt like for the amount of time, I was sort of like checking up on everything and sort of almost neglecting my studies a little bit because I was so sort of... It's exciting, in, like, right? <laughs> yeah, in these quick, these very quick wins. But, That's um, epic. Yeah, it was, it was good. But then now the market is a little bit more stable, so... I'm sort of looking more at ETFs and which I have I probably I think I have about five grand in ETFs at the moment, which is basically what I made from my wins from the short wins. And then I have a I have about four grand in just like other different accounts as uh, different sort of investments as well. 
That is actually epic. I'm really impressed. I feel like <laughs> obviously we can't recommend that strategy because it is no. incredibly <laughs> risky. But yes. it's kind of cool. But hearing it worked for our so power too. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. We always have the best advice in hindsight, right? <laughs> like yeah. if I could, if I could do what you did, but like at the same time, that would have been great. Yeah. I also I would have bought Bitcoin lucky. twelve months yeah. ago. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. It was very lucky timing, and I feel I I almost I know how lucky it was now. Looking back at the stocks I invested in and how often they fluctuate up and down, I am really um, impressed. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. <laughs> So, do it was you, a lot of luck. Totally. But do you have any debts of any kind? And if so, what are they? So I have no credit card debt or anything like that. Um, I do use Afterpay, but I use it in the way that Victoria has sort of said is okay, which is um, buying like something. You don't need my permission to live your life, my friend. <laughs> buying something off a, off a site and buying a few items, maybe like the same um, item but in different sizes and then end up sending stuff back most of the time yeah um, it's and smart then I if you can use it away, as a tool basically. honestly yeah. if you can use it as a tool that helps you you know actually make a better financial decision I'm all about that yeah and then I've obviously got a lot of hex debt when I finish I think it will be sitting at about 60 or 70 thousand that's pretty good there. That's pretty good. Yeah. I think I've said this on the podcast before, but uh, my hex debt is still sitting at six figures, guys. Uh, Whoa. <laughs> and you ain't a doctor either. No, I don't even get to call myself a doctor. How disappointing, honestly. All right. So do you have any good money habits that you are especially proud of? Um, I think I'm, I'm sort of proud of my past self more than my current self. I, I used to be very, very tight with my money. I used to bring packed lunch every day and I was really on the ball with saving money and everything sort of <laughs> changed a little bit. We were going out for dinners a lot and sort of splitting everything and so that also has been a change in the sort of like past two years that sort of changed everything a little bit as well. But I sort of say it's sort of worth it. <laughs> I love that actually. I feel like so many people are really harsh on past, like their past selves but I don't know. It's one of those things. Like I can see that you've obviously come from a really good past self, but when people say, oh my gosh, like I can't believe I used to do that. I was the worst. I hate myself for that. Or they, you know, really grill past selves. I feel like it's so detrimental because like at that time we were just dealing with the tools and resources that we had access to and kind of just doing the best that we could at that time. Yeah, you might know more now or do something different now, but I just feel like the past made us who we are today and that's kind of cool and we should be celebrating that rather than going, oh my gosh, I can't believe I did that. Like, that's not healthy. That's not helpful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's not do that. Yeah, I definitely think that my past self was definitely a lot better and I probably want to um, get her back. <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay. That's okay. I yeah. just think lots of people are negative about it. So it's so nice to be like, yeah, actually past self was uh, real smart. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and had a real good time. Yeah. And I feel yeah. like maybe yeah. the next question I've got for you um, is going to be more a current self thing, given the feedback you've just given us. And that is, what is your worst money habit? I'm, I'm very much a FOMO person. If my friends are going out, I'm going to go, whether it's a detriment to sort of my money or to my studies. I never really say no. Um, holidays, I'll go with every friend that wants to go. Every time someone wants to go out for dinner or anything like that, I'm always keen, um, which is definitely one of my values at the same time is sort of spending time with like the people that I love. But 
I think I need to sort of balance it a little bit better or find ways that I can um, sort of spend time with people without spending money. <laughs> it's good to have that level of reflection, though, because I think a lot of people would not say, oh, my gosh, I'm so bad at FOMO because that yeah. <laughs> takes a lot of level of introspection from my perspective. So, Money Diarist, what are you currently saving for? Do you currently have a big money goal at the moment? Currently, no. I've sort of, the next sort of big goal is like a house, but I'm still only 22. But I kind of just want to get those big goals out of the way early. Um, And my only other big thing would be I really want to just keep investing lots and lots of money when I'm young so that when I get to like 35, 45, 55, it's going to be a lot easier as well. Guys, she's going to be a doctor. She's going to be just fine. <laughs> she's going to be all right. She's going to be all right. Yeah. <laughs> so, baby doctor, if I forced you to rate yourself and give yourself a financial rating, what would you give yourself? I probably would say about a seven and a half maybe. But um, I think I'm, I'm pretty good, but there's definitely ways I can improve. But I, I do know how I can get there. I just need to stop overthinking and stop going to every single thing I can possibly go to and make better decisions in that way. I'm not going to lie, at 22, I feel like you've got it pretty sorted, mm. much more sorted <laughs> than 22-year-old me had. But we Also, will... who's got the energy to go out every night when you get older, you know what I mean? I mean, that probably will take care of itself. <laughs> no, I definitely don't. But we'll have a chat about that right after we have a little message from our friends of the show this week. I am so grateful for you sharing your money diary today. Thank you so, so much for that. Can we talk a little bit more about the pervy stuff, though? Sure. Talk to me about medicine. How hard is it? How far are you through it? Is it exactly what you thought it was going to be? Um, It is now. So the first sort of three years were all preclinical. So it was all basically in a classroom learning, which I feel like I'm a much more hands-on person. So this year um, when I'm down south, it's been much more hands-on. I've been able to do a lot more things and I feel like I'm learning a lot more and faster, so that's really good. But, yeah, it is very hard. <laughs> when do you have to specialise? Like, do you like is that after graduating and stuff or do you start specialising within your course? Like, how technical do you need to get and make decisions about your future already? Uh, not too technical yet. So, so I'm still in my fourth year and then I'll have fifth year next year in med school as well. And then you do an intern year where you kind of try out every sort of place that you want to try. Um, and then after that, you sort of choose your residency. So I've got about three more years minimum. I can, I can sort of keep stretching that out as far as you want to really. And once I finish the next two years, I'll be getting paid as well. So it doesn't really matter to me if I take an extra year when I'm sort of an intern because the intern wage isn't um, – it's a pretty good straight out of uni wage as well. So yeah. it's, um, I won't really be struggling or anything. I can take my time a little bit. Yeah, and I mean no one goes into medicine assuming it's going to be quick and, you know, a breeze, but it sounds like a massive commitment when you talk about seven or eight years and then you get an internship and stuff. Did you have to kind of – give yourself a pep talk or a, you know, am I really doing this kind of chat before you committed to it? Uh, every day. <laughs> <laughs> Me. Um, yeah, there's definitely moments that come up, especially things with money. Um, I, f- I felt like I was going to really struggle this year, but I think 
thank God for all of the coronavirus supplements. They're really going to help with everything, um, which even it's not even the coronavirus that's really affected me, but it's just sort of a, a good thing that's come out of it in terms of money. And I think for most people, they'd be in sort of a similar situation. Yeah. But, I've got a question for Victoria, uh, or maybe both of you guys. Hello, yes, yeah. this is not my money diary. Ask me the questions. <laughs> I think, and I guess we don't want to set the bar too low, but I think if you're studying, I, I remember reading the group, someone goes, oh, I'm studying, so I'm struggling to save and I want to invest. And I just think if you're studying, you're investing in your future and if all you can do is break even and finish your study. Oh my gosh, yes. Then more, you've done more than enough and that's a really great place to be in. So it's part of your journey. Like your journey isn't going to be investing all the time. There is no way I could have afforded to invest or even save as much as I, you know, see other people in the community doing at that age. When I was at uni, I was literally breaking even. And for those of you who know a little bit about my money story, I I was in debt. I did take out a personal loan to study overseas. I was going backwards. Like, Mm. and I think that that can be part of your journey and you shouldn't bash yourself over it. Yeah. So future doctor, um, which is what I'm calling you now, apparently. I was calling you baby doctor, but future doctor is probably Um, better. Obviously, you're quite driven and, and where you are is quite impressive. But do you give yourself permission to go, hey, I'm studying. If all I do is break even this year, then that's more than okay. Because I feel like you're putting a fair bit of pressure on yourself. I can feel it. (laughs) I feel like I don't, but I know I should. My boyfriend's also like a medical student in the exact same scenario. Check this out. All yeah, together. Yeah. They're going to have a really nice house, Ryan. Yeah, I can see it. I'm gonna, I can already picture I'm it. I'm coming to visit. Yeah. Let's hope so. But um, <laughs> we, he definitely does give that to himself. And I, something I'm quite jealous of him, that he doesn't care at the moment because he knows that in a few years he'll be okay. But for me, not having that security right now and also seeing, because my degree is so much longer than the rest of my friends, seeing them right now, graduated in full-time jobs while well, I'm still sort of in that uni ramen lifestyle mm. um it is a little bit frustrating seeing myself and thinking I'm behind I have a yeah. you're, you're gonna insane. be a doctor you're mate fine. you're gonna be a doctor so, like, <laughs> I actually have a lot of clients who are baby doctors I don't know how this is eventuated but yeah. I have a number of them they're gonna be listening being like yes this is exactly <laughs> what you said to us I'm gonna turn the podcast off I've heard everything um but I feel like doctors are a little bit like slingshots they like feel like they're going a little bit further backwards they can see their friends ahead of them but once the slingshot is let go of they're like miles ahead because of the groundwork that they've done and put in and like as you said before the grad salary for a doctor is pretty good out of uni I think I don't know where you are studying or like the location and we don't have to disclose that but I know in Melbourne a grad salary for a doctor starts at about 70,000 a year which is really good in my opinion Um, and I think it's one of those things that you actually end up further ahead in the long term because you've got this grounding and you've spent the time doing the groundwork to actually sustain yourself and create that future and I feel like so many people get down about it it's like no 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 don't worry (laughs) keep eating your ramen because it is going to be spaghetti linguine really soon (laughs) (laughs) yeah I need I feel like that's something I definitely need a sort of consequence I'll remind Um, you it's okay just call me whenever um I'll (laughs) let you know I can't eat spaghetti linguine but uh, if I could I would eat it with you yay (laughs) um now this might not be as big a problem for you as it might be for some others considering you know 
the end of the slingshot firing is, Excuse is me, coming. Excuse me, that wasn't a great No, that analogy. was perfect. Thank you. That was great. Um, I, when you said, oh, I want to invest more and I want to invest, you know, lots and lots, but I also want to buy a house, the first thing that come, came to mind was you might need to choose or at least prioritize one of those things over the other. It might be hard to do both. Maybe not slingshot. Hashtag slingshot. Um, but where do you think you'll, if you had to kind of choose or prioritize, what's more important for you? Uh, right now, probably investing. And the the house goal is, I don't know whether I just want it because everyone else sort of has it or whether it's actually something that I want, which is something I sort of need to sort of sit down and sort of think about or sort of ponder over it for the next sort of five, ten years. But um, You've got more than yeah. enough time, my friend. <laughs> yeah, I think sort of I like that I've sort of come pretend that like money isn't a bad thing so young because I know a few of my friends sort of um, still don't really like talking about money whereas I'm very open and I love like talking about what are you guys investing in and everything but yeah I have a few friends where money's sort of like a bit of a taboo topic which I think is sort of a little bit of a bad thing to um, have when you're so young because you can sort of get acquainted to everything so early and learn about investing and make mistakes early so that later on you're Totally. Absolutely. Totally agree with that. And I actually find it really funny because you're mentioning that you've got some friends who, you know, money's a bit taboo. And if you're listening to this podcast, you probably don't feel the same way, but you might have friends that are similar. (laughs) But I am so used to talking about money now. And like I talk about money with my team all the time and I talk about it with my family and my friends and, you know. That's great. I love just walking into the office and go, oh, what's that for you? What'd you pay for that? Yeah, literally. But like we talk about it so openly and I'm not going to be quiet about something. I'll be like, oh yeah, this cost X or this is what this is. And, you know, I am very open and honest about it. I'm always a little bit jarred when I come up against somebody who maybe doesn't want to have that conversation because I'll be like, oh, money X, Y, Z. And they'll be like, roadblock and I'll be like oh wait hold on um sorry I didn't mean to make you uncomfortable with that because you know obviously we are she's on the money Mm. and it's such a central topic to what we do and we live it and we breathe it so when you come up against other people I'm like oh wait what other people don't (laughs) other people don't share this what do you mean I earn x amount (laughs) so it's um I think it's really cool to be surrounded by like-minded people, but at the same time, totally respect the boundaries of other people. If they're not ready to share it, that is totally yeah. okay. Well, can I just add though, if you do a similar job or work at the same company, it's actually in your interest to chat with people. So when you're oh negotiating gosh, your yes. salary, you go, well, I'm doing this job, same as that person. They're getting five grand more. Is there any reason for that? Or can I have the same pay? And 100%. Off- we need to yeah. normalize that. Do yeah. you know how many people mm. are like, oh, sorry, you're not meant to talk about our salaries with your peers? The bosses like- say that. And you're like, well, good for you, mate. I'm going to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But some people have it in their contracts. I've got a, a prickly question. Oh, what is it? Mm-hmm. I feel like this topic has reared its head a few times in this episode. So I'm just going to put it on the table. And I'm not, what is it? I'm not meaning to be rude. This is coming as much of a shock to you as it is to I, my money diarist friend. (laughs) Money diarist. Is it possible that we have a slight bit of FOMO issues to work through? Because I feel like you've mentioned a few times, my friends are doing this. She literally said she had FOMO issues. Are you listening? (laughs) That's why I'm following up. (laughs) Yeah, but like it's not prickly. She mentioned it. I'm just trying to ease the burden of what's an awkward question. Sorry, money diarist. Uh, I'm on your team, FYI. But money diarist, as you you have previously mentioned, uh, 
is that something you've kind of gone, oh, I've noticed this about me? Like, and that not that you have to like fix it, but just being aware of FOMO often, you know, helps you kind of go, oh, it's not a huge deal if I miss out on a few things. Yes, but then I also feel like when I don't go to things, I sort of regret it more. And I look at my friends on Instagram and like seeing them all together and everything that makes me feel worse than yeah. if I went and spent like $100 on drinks out or something. Yeah. Girl, um, you got to delete Instagram. <laughs> Georgia <laughs> That's deleted Instagram. Need. That's why she's never tagged in anything. <laughs> <laughs> I love the I would get rid of my FOMO, but I just want to go to the parties. <laughs> I, I also really like that that's been Georgia's only comment in this money diary. She sat back, it, uh, listened, <laughs> and then... hates from drinking red, but that stood out to me. I, I have, have words of wisdom. What's the opposite of FOMO? I have this fear of going to a party and it being crap. That oh. is fear my... of going out. I believe Fogo? it's called JOMO. It's joy of missing out. <laughs> joy of missing out, yeah. I have that. I am genuinely so introverted. Um, obviously, I'm quite extroverted in this situation because it's just me, a microphone, and people I really know. But if you go, hey, Victoria, do you want to go to this big party? I'm like, ha no. <laughs> and then I see it on Instagram and I'm like, glad I didn't go to that. Could you Plebs. imagine Victoria Devine at a music festival? Oh, no, she'd be the definitely worst. not. It's literally not me. I would be like, can we go now? Like, I get antsy <laughs> and need to leave. I'm just the exact opposite of everybody. Far out. I'm when I fun police. When I worked with, uh, sorry that Money Diary, we've just hijacked your Money That's Diary. Right. Uh, when I worked <laughs> with uh, Tanya Hennessy back in the day, we went to Groove in the Moo. Guess what time she left? What time? 3.30 in the afternoon. Oh, I'm, I'm on her God. team. I reckon we would have got along really well. You guys would have gone, oh, I'd be like, yeah, busy, you want to take let's, off? Let's see a couple of things in our, I reckon there's time for a a wine and a cheese plate. <laughs> Somewhere else other than where other people are. Hey, uh, Money Diaries. Good luck with the rest of your yeah, studies. Thank you for joining us today thank on you. the Money Diary. Thank you for having me. Oh, quick question. What kind of doctor do you want to be? I don't know. I get asked this like every day. No, I assumed you might have. And you know what? Yeah. You don't have to choose yet. You get to do all of your rounds. Yeah. I think, I'm not sure. I really like obstetrics and gynecology at the moment. So that's sort of where I'm leaning, but also haven't really made my mind up at the same time. <laughs> you do not have to make your mind up. I am just pervy and want to know all the answers to all the <laughs> questions. But thank you so, so much for joining us today. I'm genuinely so grateful that people want to share their money diaries with us because we get to learn and I think it's just so, so special. So thank you. Um, and I think that's all we have time for for today. Thank you so much. Just before we head off, we'd like to acknowledge and pay respects to Australia's Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples, the traditional custodians of the lands, the waterways and the skies all across Australia. We thank you for sharing and for caring on the land which we are able to learn. We pay our respects to Elders past and present and we share our friendship and our kindness. Now, the advice shared on She's on the Money is general in nature, does not consider your individual circumstances. She's on the Money exists purely for educational purposes and should not be relied upon to make an investment or a financial decision. And now we do promise I am an authorised representative of Australia Pacific Funds Management Proprietor Limited, ABN 34132463257, AFSL 339151. And thank you, as always, to our dream team, Ryan and Beck, for pulling this shiny episode together.